Hello and welcome back to Unboxing the Future. I'm your host Sean. You'll be joining me today talking about the Samsung Galaxy Z Fold 3. Now this is Samsung's third phone that folds out from phone to tablet size with its outer screen being a 6.2 inch fold and its inner screen being 7.6 inches. This phone does feature a 120 hertz screen refresh rate on both screens. Now coming from the Galaxy Z Fold 2 to the Z Fold 3 may be a hard sell as the screen sizes are the same. There are a few upgrades that we will talk about coming from the Z Fold 1 known as the Fold to the Z Fold 3 is a no-brainer. It's a huge upgrade but coming from the Z Fold 2 to the Z Fold 3 there's not a lot of upgrades. Uh, we'll start out with the processor. It is using the Qualcomm Snapdragon 888 5G as opposed to the 865 5G. Now there is a boost in performance when looking at it, but it does eat up the battery quite a bit. The next thing they did improve upon, or so they say, is when this fold is unfolded, there is the under the screen, the under the screen camera. Now that camera does. <laughs> On a black or white panel, it is fully hidden, but on colors, you can see it. It's kind of pixelated, like as if you were looking through, I don't know, curtains, so to speak. It's very interesting. Now, with that being said, it is only a 4-megapixel camera. It's really not that great for use for anything, to be honest. Now, the camera sensors on the back are only a 12-megapixel camera. Uh, by doing that, they didn't really upgrade them much from last year. It's nowhere near the cameras that are in the Galaxy S series. And for what you're paying for the $1,800, it really should be upgraded further than that. Also, with what comes in the box just being the phone and the cord for $1,800, they really should have included more. Uh, it's not a big step, as I said, coming from the 2 to the 3. Coming from the 1 to the 3 would be a huge technological step, as the 1 from the 2 was. But coming from the 2 to the 3, not that much of a difference. I've noticed with that newer processor, it's also a lot more battery-hungry, as I do not get as good battery life as I had with the 2 as I did with the 3. Uh, it's just, it's not there. I've tried every battery setting except for completely underclocking my processor with the settings and battery life just is not there uh, again it does not have expandable storage and none of the folds have but this year they did give the 512 option it is still with the 12 gigs of ram again for the price on which you can get in the s ultra series i do believe that you should be able to get the 16 gigs of store of ram but that's just me uh, with what you're paying for, there should be more in the package. I myself, I like the folding screens. I'll probably stick with every one that comes out. Uh, one of the big things they did was the IPX8 water resistance that's go around. Uh, this is a big step going forward. None of the fold devices have been water resistance. I actually lost a Z Flip to uh, water damage and had it sent to Samsung. Thankfully, they did replace it. But this one actually does have water splash support. Uh, they actually did independently both halves of the phone water resistant and made it so the hinge was water resistant as well. It's an interesting system. If you watch Jerry rig everything, he goes over it quite in depth. 
it does have display for the S Pen support. Now that being said, let's talk about that for the second. Uh, S Pen supports one of the big things they push, and they should push it with a lot of asterisks. The S Pen case is absolute ass. It doesn't stay shut all the way to protect the front screen when closed. It's very bulky. The S Pen they make for it, the tip, the spring in is way too hard and will damage the screen. If a fingernail can damage the screen, that tip can damage the screen. It hurts your finger before it depresses. It's way too rigid. They say it will depress before it damages the screen. Like I said, if a fingernail will hurt the screen, that thing definitely will. They took it since they didn't make it attached to the phone and charge magnetically. They took out all the Bluetooth features. So we're back to pretty much the S Pen from the Note 8. So it's complete garbage. Um, they did release the S Pen Pro. It cost $50 more, so it's $100. There's no way to even anchor it to your phone. And with the S Pen and the S Pen Pro, the outer screen has no support. So the phone only has half S Pen support. So saying it has S Pen support is very misleading. Especially when one of the S Pen Pro's main features is you can copy and paste from one device. You cannot copy and paste from the inner to outer screen. It's a big letdown in that department, and one of the ways it was advertised was full SFN support, which it does not have. So do not let that fool you. It's just one of the things they do advertise that it's not there. And like I said, the case itself that has the S Pen, the official Samsung one, is absolutely horrible. It's $50 to $70 depending on where you buy it. Do not waste your money. It's their third-party cases that aren't that great as well, but the S Pen is just absolutely horrible. The S Pen Pro has a bunch of neat tricks, like I said. It does give your Bluetooth commands back, but it does only work on the inner screen and does cost $100, and it's constantly sold out. It took three and a half weeks for me to get mine in. So good luck with that. That being said, overall, it is a great device. I do get a day's worth of use out of it. I am a heavy user. Calls are crystal clear. Texts go through and internet browsing is great. I've experienced no jelly scroll effect so far. And I'm absolutely loving the device. It's just for what I pay. I do believe I should get a little more. And I can think you should, you can understand that feeling. However, they did do a lot. The front has Gorilla Glass Vixis, which is the strongest Gorilla Glass that is known to be out to date. They did do the under the glass display for the inner screen, which is solid as can be. This is the strongest foldable they have put out. Like I said, it does have the IPX8 water resistance that is up to 1.5 meters for 30 minutes. This is what it's rated for. I still baby mine and try not to get it wet because I remember the disaster I had with the Z Flip and do not want to repeat that. It was a nightmare going through Samsung. Uh, one of the good things they do feature with the Samsung U1 update, it does now offer virtual RAM where it will take 4 gigs of your memory and convert them to VRAM sort of like the Windows paging file does to give you 4 more extra gigs of RAM to give you a boost to that. Uh, with the 888 processor being so power hungry, like I said, this is a welcome addition and has sped up my phone quite a bit. It is still using the Adreno 660 GPU, which has been able to handle everything I've thrown at it so far. No complaints there whatsoever. Uh, again, there is no expandable storage. Of course, there is no headphone jack, but you know how that goes. 
uh, touching back on the cases this year, one good thing last year with the Z Fold 2, Samsung cases offered no front protection whatsoever. And it was terrible. Uh, you spent $80 for half a case. You paid double the amount for a case literally to get half a case. This year they've done a little better. I ordered a few cases from Samsung. I got the leather case, which broke on me in less than a week. Uh, Samsung opened a ticket and hopefully they're getting me a new one. I got the Amistrad case, which is a carbon fiber case. So far, the only thing I don't like about it is on the front to uh, make it stay, they use adhesive. So if I have to remove it for any reason, it's probably not gonna stick back on unless I put double-sided tape which can be a pain in the ass. I mean, come on, it's double-sided tape on a $2,000 phone. But we deal with what we deal with. The phone screen protectors are, that, that it came with are actually precisely cutting on very well, unlike last year's bottle, where the front screen protector was not precisely cut and came off at the drop of a hat. Samsung recommends not removing the screen protectors and keeping them on, and so far this year, the inner screen protector has not bubbled up on me and came off. As we know, last year's, uh, within a week, the where the hinge was and right there in the um, crease, the screen protector bubbled and came up almost instantly. It was not pretty. It had to be removed. Wireless charging does work great, as does reverse wireless charging, as I have used my phone to charge my new Galaxy 4 watch. Uh, we will be talking a little more on that when we talk about the accessories which is what we're getting to actually, since we are on cases. Uh, like I said, back to the carbon fiber case. It is a very well-made case, and so far I've had no problems with it. The leather case, the back had a rather mushy feel in the middle. It felt like it was gonna concave almost a little bit and cave in just a little bit. And so far I have not had that problem whatsoever with the carbon fiber case. I, like I said, we touched on the S Pen, which was absolutely horrible um, in every way. If you want to get the S Pen Pro to play around with, like I said, just don't be disappointed. It doesn't work on the front screen, but it's a much better device with your Bluetooth options back. And then we get to the Galaxy Watch 4. I personally opted for the Galaxy Watch 4 Classic. I do the difference between them is uh, one has the bezel control and one has simulated bezel control. Pretty much one is an upgrade to the Galaxy Watch and the other is the upgrade to the Galaxy Active. One also is made out of aluminum and one is made out of... Uh, sorry, I had a little technical difficulty there. Uh, they are the two different type of metals though. One is significantly heavier than the other one. The Classic is significantly um, heavier than the regular Watch 4. I myself prefer a heavier watch and went with the Classic. Uh, my only compl complaint so far with it, it was a little bit to adjust to. After years of Samsung using Tizen for their proprietary watches, they have switched to the Wear OS, which is Google's proprietary system. I lost a little bit of apps I had paid for, but that really wasn't a problem. Adjusting to it with Samsung's One UI skin wasn't too many bumps in the road because they do make it a similar experience. Uh, my only complaints were the complaints I've had since the Galaxy Watch 1 with both the Galaxy Watch 3 and 4, the battery life suffers tremendously. Uh, this Wear OS watch lasts about three quarters of a day to a full day and that's about it and that's with very few apps running. It's just the battery does not last on it. Uh, 
I do like the new BMI calculator and everything works on it rather well. It integrates with Samsung Health rather nicely. I am told, however, it does not play very well with Apple um, devices, so bear that in mind if you are considering it. Like I said, I prefer the bezel control, so I went with the classic. I have heard people have problems with the simulated bezel control. I myself have tried the active and just was not a fan of running my finger around where the bezel was not at. They've upgraded the storage on the watch to 16 gigs of storage this time. So if you want to store your songs when you go on a run and connect Bluetooth to your buds, they have integrated that feature in there. They have actually made it uh, widgets directly for controlling your buds in there for features just like that. It also has a sleep tracker among many other various features. The one feature I disliked the most was the app cloud. Accessing your apps is a little different when with the Galaxy Watch 3 it was a circle with the apps names and you could cycle through which made it a little easier to go through to an app cloud with just a bunch of icons and no names kind of like an Apple Watch is what Google Wear OS uses. It's not very user friendly and I do not like it. Just not a fan myself. I'm hoping in an update, Samsung will restore the original functionality. Taking calls and sending text is a breeze on the new phone. On the new watch, I apologize. That's one of the good things about Samsung watches. You are able to take calls and make text upon them. I did download the Google keyboard so I can respond with other than just short text messages. Typing out text messages does take a little bit of getting used to as it is a tiny screen you're typing on. But with a little bit of effort, you can squeak out a message or two and respond how you need to. It is an interesting little system and it integrates together. And our next episode will be a full review of these devices and how they all work together. This will be a shorter episode this time and I hope you are enjoying learning about our new technology. Well, that's going to be it for this episode. Thank you for joining us for Unboxing the Future. We hope you continue to join us here in the future.